0: Welcome to the Quantum Biology Collective podcast, where we break down the practical strategies of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. This is your host, Meredith Oak, and we'd also love to hear from you. Visit www.quantumbiologycollective.org and click QBC Newsletter to join the conversation. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you probably have got the idea that regulated circadian rhythms bring harmony to our biology and artificial light at night causes chaos. And this is just one example of the effect of frequencies on our health. So whether we're aligning our circadian rhythms or clearing our environment of toxic frequencies, the main goal that we're seeking is one that our guest today has a deep understanding of quantum coherence. That's what we're really after when we engage in all of these practices and learn how important light is and learn about the difference between healthy light and toxic light and all, any other, anything else really that we do for our health, it's all centered around bringing our bodies into coherence. So I was really excited to have this beautiful conversation with Dr. Christine Schaffner. She's a board certified naturopathic doctor the host of the Spectrum of Health podcast, um, and currently the host of the online summit, The Art and Science of Cultivating Coherence. Um, She's worked with thousands of patients and in this conversation, she shares both her clinical and her personal experience of the amazing results working in this new field of medicine. Enjoy. Hello, Dr. Christine Schaffner. Welcome to the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. I'm so happy to have you.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's just, I'm so excited to connect with you and your community and, you know, it takes a team, right, to bring these principles and concepts to a lot more people.
0: It does. And I I find that everybody has their own unique flavor and their own unique weaving of experiences and understanding. And so- even asking the same question over and over, I get, you know, just a slight variation and it's like, it's like a musical interpretation. So yeah, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. And yes, I, I have had many people tell me I need to have you on, but (laughs) so our audience is very familiar with you. However, I just in case There are some people who aren't, or maybe people who aren't up to date on your story. Could you tell us a little bit, you've, you've been doing, you do such a beautiful job, especially with your summit of bringing the ideas of the electric body and quantum coherence to a larger audience, but your background is more in a quite sort of traditional naturopathic training. So how did you land in this? Yeah. Frequency
1: world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. And, you know, I look back and it's, it's funny, we're all on our path, right? And, you know, I... Went to naturopathic school after really growing up in a you know really conventional family. I my dad's an oncologist, my mother is a nursing background, and so this was like a really big leap for me to become a naturopathic doctor and you know really not go the conventional medical route. So I was already kind of in this you know quest and curiosity to like look at these deeper ideas around health and healing. It was just always just innately within me, you know. Back when we had bookstores, I would always be in like science and spirituality and, you know, those types of, you know, sections. And so, you know, I found myself at Bastille and, you know, here I am, I've been practicing 13 years now and a little bit over, I would say 13 years. And you know, from the get go, I have seen patients from really all over the country and all over the world. And I have been trained in bioregulatory medicine, which is this really beautiful medicine that comes out of Europe. And so it really was kind of like up leveling my naturopathic medical roots. I I remember when I was in um, school, Louisa Williams book, Dr. Louisa Williams, her book, Radical Medicine came out and Mm -hmm. she did a brown bag lunch. And I just remember um, like saying to myself, I just want to learn everything that's in that book and whatever she's saying, you know, and I would carry that book around before the Kindle, it would go everywhere with me. Um, And, you know, she really opened my ideas up to this bioregulatory medicine. And again, that comes out of like Germany and Austria and Switzerland. And, you know, they look at really like regulation in the body and they look at our job is to really find those blocks about you know why are people's bodies and their nervous systems primarily not being able to self-regulate and heal so it's very like autonomic nervous system focused however there's a language around interference fields so like dental foci and toxicity and scars and then they do have a lot of Um, insight into bioenergetics and biophysics. A lot of the um, German doctors will use bioresonance devices to kind of like hone in. So I was like around a lot of that. I also studied, um, you know, forms of muscle testing and I, you know, really developed that core in my, um, you know, practice. And I would say like my you know, kind of, like, desire to dive deeper and deeper into, like, the biophysics of life and biophysics of healing. Um, and that, of course, leads to the, you know, quantum, you know, biology insights and all of that um were really, you know, driven by my patients. Um, I see people who have like you know they've been sick often some of them for like a decade and then they yeah. you know, are in the search of like you know they go through such medical gaslighting and trauma just to find like what's wrong with them and you know then they find a practitioner that they can work with or has like a language around like this kind of like terrain medicine that we do um but it takes time right it, it takes a while like you get a diagnosis you find the right practitioner um you know often it will take a you know maybe three years or so For me to really recover somebody or really get them their quality of life back. Um, And so these are like long-term relationships. And even past those three years, I'm still very much in contact, you know, with my Mm -hmm. patients. And you know, there's just this desire in me and this quest of um, you know, just how can we like really find this elegant path to healing? How can we like shorten the time for a patient by the time of diagnosis and really understanding of how they're wired to heal to recovery, right? And regeneration, right? And yeah. you know, quality of life. And I think we have a lot of work to do still in, you know, the field about that. And I think when we learn about the physics of life and the field and interactions and the, you know, quantum field and how we're wired to really, truly heal. Um, You know, I think the physics of life offer a faster, really truly root cause of healing. So, um, that had just put me on a quest to like explore, right? And I'm still very much a student. I really feel that way yeah. of all of this, but it, you know, um, really drove me to um, do those, you know, summits you mentioned. So I did two um, body electric summits and a, a relaunch, and so over 250,000 people like signed up and they, you know, joined us. Which, you know, when I told people I had this idea, they thought I was nuts and didn't think like anybody would tune in. This was like, you know, obviously several years ago, before. For people like yourself and your community are out there educating. And, um, you know, I interviewed hundreds of people and, you know, I really, you know, studied sound and light and frequency and, you know, the electromagnetic field interactions and the biophotonic interactions and biophononic interactions in the body. And I come to this philosophy of like, how do we marry our bioregulatory understanding with really this upgraded? you know, information, whether we call it quantum biology or coherence medicine or biofield science or, um, you know, bioenergetics, whatever, you know, there's many names for like what we're all trying to work with, right? Mm -hmm. We have to, I feel like, Combine like a true protocol is combining th- these worlds and these in and this these insights um, to create a, a path, you know, for for really true recovery and you know repair and regeneration. And um, you know, a pause a moment. I had a personal story within a year ago, like that really deepened my understanding about you know energy medicine and healing that I'm happy to share if it feels. You know, president. Um, yeah. you know, but, you know, that's kind of like my path. And, um, you know, I, I'll, I, I'll pause for a moment, Meredith. Do you want to me to up, expand upon anything before I dive into my personal story? Um, yeah, but we can circle back. I'll okay. circle back okay. to that. Yeah, I know. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I just wanted to invite you because thanks know, for checking. are long, you know, you know. Um, so so about a year ago, like I have, you know, like a lot of us, 2020 presented a lot of challenges, a lot of life changes. And I went through an extreme life change where I was switching over for practices, starting new and, you know, in the backdrop of COVID in Seattle and, you know, like all these, you know, crazy stuff. And, Um, you know, there was a lot of stress going on. And I was, um, you know, chalking up to some physical symptoms that I thought just were like stress, like they were on the endocrine level, like my um, menstrual cycle started disappearing. Um, I um, also just had some, you know, other kind of symptoms. um, And I also thought like, oh, I maybe I mean, I just had a baby a couple years ago, I'm under stress, you know, like, this is all resolve itself. And, my husband and I had desired to have another child. And he was like, Christine, like, you know, we're like not getting any younger. Like, why don't, like, why don't we just like go get checked out? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's hard to be your own doctor. Right. So I'm like, okay. yeah. so I, you know, the doctor kind of worked me up in the way that I would have probably. And, you know, she suggested an MRI eventually, because, you know, she's like, you know, there's obviously some clear pituitary dysfunction here, and we need to just like go deeper. And, you know, I dragged my feet, you know, she probably gave me the, you know, MRI requisition in February. And it was like not until January or June, rather that I got, you know, the MRI done, you know, I tend to be like a bad patient, you know, all like, no world. And so I, um, you know, I, got an MRI like on a Monday, I talked to the doctor that had prescribed that the day later and I could see her fumble over her words, not in that. I mean, she's a very smart woman, but I could mm-hmm. see that she was trying to deliver like some tough information to me. And I like paused her at a point because she was starting to say you know, um, Christine, you have quite a large structure, you know, in your MRI, and you know, and I had to stop her, I'm like, do I have brain cancer, or is this, you know, like a benign pituitary yeah. tumor, you know, like I had yeah. to, like, you know, because it wasn't coming yeah. out, you know, yeah, to the <laughs> You know, and bottom so, line
0: importantly, I'm like, like, okay,
1: what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So she's like, you have a pretty large, you know, um, tumor that it's benign, but it's secreting growth hormone. It's, you know, basically flattened your pituitary and, you know, basically putting stress on your optic chiasm. And I had noticed some visual changes at night um, that mm-hmm. I uh, later learned that they were bilateral. So I, I didn't perceive any deficits because they were symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Um, but You know, the day later, you know, she was just like, you got to talk to a neurosurgeon and, you know, like you have to have neurosurgery. And here I educate people about brain detoxification and the lymphatic system. And I'm like... I can't have brain surgery. This is insane. Um, you know, but the day later, you know, the neurosurgeon's office is calling me and the doctor wants to talk to me before surgery. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And, you know, I was really actually quite surprised. He was a very, like, very great bedside manner, which was not very usual um, you know, for that field, to be honest. I mean, in my other interactions with patients. And um, you know, he said I had a very treatable tumor, but it needed surgery because I was. A risk for stroke and you know basically damage to my optic nerve and that's a lot I know the tumor that it would shorten my life by 20 years and like all this kind of crazy stuff but he was like it's very treatable that's the good and so thank goodness there are people on the planet like him and um, they have developed a technique that they can take, you know, this tumor out through your nasal passages. So they go through your skin. Wow. Um, yeah. And through the sphenoid bone. Um, it's and incredible then through, what they can do. I know. And there is there's, there's,
0: yeah, really a
1: place for this type of medicine. Yeah. Right? It can't be like the, you know, gold standard for chronic illness or, you know, these, you know, all the things that we we'll talk about. And so, um, but in those two weeks that I had from talking to him to, you know, to being scheduled, you know, to surgery, there wasn't much time for me to do things that would really manipulate my physiology. Right. I, I mean, I took yeah. care of myself. I did things, but I was studying meditation and I had gone through the work of, you know, Joe Dispenza and, you know, he says something, you know, like in a lot of him and his teachings that just strikes a chord with me. And he, he says to change matter with matter takes time, but when you change the field, you change matter and his quest to, you know, basically try to communicate, you know, what kind of healings happen in that community. And so, you know, what, you know, I saw, um, was okay. Like, you know, there, there's a moment you, you, you have your dark night, you know, your soul, you have your fear and then you have your choice. Right. And, you know, I made a decision that I was gonna go through this and I was gonna do everything in my power to have the best outcome. And so I had dear friends circle around me. I, you know, was involved in the work with Lynn McTaggart. So I did intention Mm. circles and I did a coherence healing and I worked with energy workers and I did a lot of ton of meditation. And I was working with these principles. I, I think we can really dive into around coherence when we really think about it. And we're all just visualizing, right? Visualizing mm-hmm. how can this tumor come out easily? And you know, fast forward, I got through the surgery. Thank goodness, and I had a you know really you know good outcome. And you know, like I took time to heal, and um, you know, I used all my biophysics to help me heal, like my you know, Weber helmet and, you know, all the things, right? Um, And I, you know, I, my experience was validated that I'm trying to get to the point of my story here that um, the neurosurgeon Mm -hmm. in his Follow up of my experience, you know, he. I I was at a university hospital, so I donated some of the tumor to research, and you know, I asked about the pathology report, and this was like at the end of a follow up appointment. Really, like, you know, if I hadn't asked, it would have this a whole kind of conversation would have slipped by. And he said, you know, Christine, like, I'm I'm really going to be you know studying your tumor for a long time. You know, it has different cell types, and most of all, out of the 400 surgeries I do, you're I really want to understand why yours came out so easily and in my experience in my you know story of the story i really mm-hmm. feel like that was kind of a validation that i'm on the right track like like when we mm-hmm. really work the fields of the body um yeah. Yes, like I, I chose to have a physical procedure, but mm-hmm. you know these principles. I think can, um, if you're faced with a decision like myself, and you know, like yes, I believe in miracles and anything is possible. But I had a young daughter at the time, and this was really serious information, so I just yeah. go through the procedure. Um,
0: And that that surgeon was your miracle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Totally. You know, that all lined up really lovely for me. Yeah. Um, So like we can have an empowered view on life that Mm -hmm. we can really impact our outcomes and really work with these fields that we're going to talk about and you know that that work matters and that work changes matter and yes. i think the root cause is on that level and in many ways and so um so yeah the here i am like fast forward a year and a half now and you know that's behind me but um that that message was like i i really feel like i went through that experience to deepen my commitment and devotion to this work and to this, you know, yeah. taking out, you know, what we're going to have a conversation around. Um, but, but yeah, so that, you know, it's one thing to teach, but it's another thing to experience through, yes. and through <laughs> the body. And so I felt like yes. I had like a final exam in many ways, you know, going through that experience, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. So. yeah and to yeah. have such a tangible
0: result so the surgeon was saying that when he examined the the tissue of the tumor it was different yeah than other tumors yeah. that he usually saw
1: yeah like, and he was also saying like the quality in the surgery like he he wouldn't have commented on this if i didn't like kind of you know ask about you know the mm-hmm. the pathology, he said that, you know, basically in the procedure that, you know, he was doing, he's a very confident surgeon and does a ton of these that like, there was, you know, like, you know, we were trying to visualize, I mean, you have a large, like tumor, it was like the size of an egg, which is kind of like crazy, like in the middle of my brain, you know, and affect different structures, it can be sticky, it can be, you know, like there could be Mm. all sorts of things that could, you know, maybe not get a whole clean, you know, margin and to take it all out, you know, so we were really working with, you know, what's going to happen to help, you know, really facilitate, you know, the removal and the the best outcome possible. And his experience, I think that tangible experience that he had was how I, I do think what I did in those two weeks mattered. Yeah, because yeah. it just kind of, he just sort of pulled it right out. He could pull it right clean, out. Like a clean. Yeah, he got all of it. Like my, wow, because the tumor produced um, hormones, we could measure my hormones right away and all of them went back to normal within the next day. Yeah. And if there was any left behind, oh you would have seen a, you know, trail. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, I know. I think I think it was, yeah. when I say it, I still kind of, it feels surreal, you know? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah I know, right? Let's yeah really? <laughs> yeah, I went through that. Oh my gosh. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing this
0: story. You know, as I, I try to bring up a lot on the podcast that, you know, we're all, we're all human when we're all going yes. through our journeys. And I know yeah. that like, when I listen to podcasts, I tend to like a little bit idealize the people talking yes. like, oh, well, they must do yeah. everything perfectly. You know? Yeah, I
1: know. I know. I know. You know? And I, I hear that from patients too. Like, yeah, they, People who are kind of maybe out there educating and maybe more like you know more well known on a pedestal, and they just think like we don't have problems. Yeah. Like, you got it all you Got it all figured out. It. You do all. That. And it's like yeah, it's like you know we teach what we want to learn, right? And yeah. we're all going to be like confronted on some level. Like maybe not that extreme, like what I just shared, mm-hmm. but. You know, in our journey to strengthen our insight, to strengthen yes. our experience, and you know, continue sharing. And you know, the world is so stressful right now. Like nobody is completely, I would say, um, you know, immune from you know what we're, yeah. the fields we're in and the environment that we're in. It's impacting all of us, even if you do everything perfect. And and that's why I think. Um, this conversation that we're having and how we tend our own inner environment and generate our own inner coherence and what that looks like is a way through these times because you know I I think we're called to look there um, I think that's really the the way forward the future.
0: Yes. Yeah. And layering in whatever is needed and whatever will work. It's funny. Yeah. I did a podcast a few weeks ago with um, a man who started doing all of the practices and spending time in nature and being outside and getting more sun and doing all the things. And he had a lower back pain and, um, you know, he just had an intuition to look into it because his job caused back pain a lot, but he just had intuition to look into it a little more. And it turned out that he had a a tumor on his kidney. Um, and, and so it's interesting. It's a similar story. He kept doing all his things. He had the surgery, the surgery went well, but it was like, he felt like the time that he was spending in nature had heightened his intuition, right? Yes. This led yeah. him to catch it, which led him and to and have the ways to support himself through a surgery, just like you did. Yeah. So it's like we never know how everything's gonna work together.
1: Yes. Yeah, and sometimes way. I, and I think sometimes you know when we gravitate to like um you know what we both clearly gravitate towards sometimes there can be this like purism, right? Like that develops, yeah. like we only can do it this way. And I think we're humbled, right? In life, you know, again, we're all having a human experience. And like, you know, if you're out there and, you know, facing like, like the last thing you want to do is conventional medicine, but you're faced with a choice, like you might have to interact with that world a little bit. Yeah. You know, how do you feel empowered? And how do you feel really like that you can, in the driver's seat of that experience, no matter what that looks like and what you're sharing and what you're educating and what we're all are, you know, here today really makes sure that you can have the smoothest path through that experience, you know.
0: Yes, exactly, and and to what you were just saying, right? It's like the more we understand, the better choices we can make because we yes. can't. I mean, no one's getting out of here. Yeah, un, yeah, un, unassaulted up by. Yeah, like, totally, someone. totally. It was, soul, it
1: was a it was a sole contract. We all signed up for you know.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so it's like the board. Health choices we can make that support our coherence. Then, when those assaults come, because they will, whether it's a trauma or being in an airport or whatever, like yes. we we have some some resilience to it. Yes. Um, okay. Wonderful. So let's talk about that because, as I was saying before, you know we uh, we look at a lot. You know, we talk about quantum biology on this podcast and circadian biology and all of, and all yes. of those things. And the ultimate goal with all of it is to keep our bodies out of chaos and incoherence. Yes. So tell, tell me what, um, what you've, how you explain coherence or quantum coherence.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, beautiful question. And, you know, we'll talk obviously about the summit we just created. And I asked all these experts and got all these like nuanced, you know, just different, Um, you know, definitions and kind of where I sit with how I explain it, like, you know, for the folks who are listening, who probably can understand this, you know, definition from kind of like a micro level, it's like, when there's a synchronization of oscillating fields or waves, right, especially within the body. And we, we know, right, in this community, we know that there's a lot of electromagnetic information in the body, electromagnetic fields that are, you know, through, basically communicating within us. Whenever you have like a charged particle moving through a conductor, you generate an electrical and a magnetic field. And then also when you have coiled, basically um, molecules like collagen or DNA, you generate a magnetic field that can generate electrical fields. So we we know that just through physics, we we are generating fields, and they're you know they serve as a communication network in the body as well. And we see that through the heart, you know, the heart's electromagnetic field, and we see that through the brain waves. And, you know, we also see light information because light is just another wavelength of information in a different frequency. And we see, you know, through Fred Albert Pop, we, we know there's um, biophotonic information that's being communicated through cells. And... You know, I'm also fascinated by this idea of sound information or biophononic information being communicated. So there are all of these, you know, um, oscillating waves within the body and um, not only within us, but around us. Right. So we can communicate these waves between people. So coherence can be a synchronization between people and we can dive into what that means and you know the heart interactions between people and then there's a synchronization um, that can develop between the fields of nature or really mother earth and there's beautiful symmetry and it's a very beautiful story that we can talk about there and then kind of from like a macro level like if you want to just kind of like think about it as coherence can really describe an alignment of energy you know more harmony more order you know the opposite of that you know especially when we think in the body is there can be a you know isolation compartmentalization there can be more entropy or disorder or you know that's where you know that environment is where like senescent cells can you know live or cancer can thrive you know and the the whole goal and when we're developing a healthy organism is how do we get this like coherent whole body synchronized, um, harmonious aligned energy, right? Between the heart and the brain and between, I've kind of made up this idea that I don't know if it's completely accurate, but it's kind of what I see, like the heart, brain and the fascia and how they can, you know, generate and maintain this like coherent, you know, information. And, you know, I, I, you begin to see the story, right? Like how are we adding more health and coherence to our lives, or how are we adding more like chaos and disorder and non-alignment and you know desynchronization and decoherence in our um in our lives? And we also can get, you know, down to the nitty-gritty of how like we can modulate these fields in the body through our emotional state, which we all have. know seemingly we all have the the power to modulate you know know, our emotional state but some people need some you know need to go through some work which we we get we hold space for that um so that's really kind of where i sit when i you know talk about coherence and Mm -hmm. um you know and again the work of heart math and that's why i asked dr roland crady to um, really co-host this summit with me. Um, you know they really have done a really awesome job of you know really sharing this really beautiful science between you know the heart and the brain and the hearts of each other and between each other and our heart interactions with you know uh, the field um, interactions of Mother Earth. They're studying trees now too, so they're studying you know, basically. That is so cool. Yeah, the field interactions between Yeah, yeah Dr. McGrady is really cool in that way. And then they, um, you know, really are studying the impact of Mother Earth's information and, you know, our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we can unpack all that. And then they're also, they just took on the consciousness project that Dr. Roger Nelson, um, you know, put into play in Princeton. And so they, they they have their hands full and they're doing really, you know, the, the story feels very, like almost too simple and too elegant. But the science is complex. Where they have, you know, developed these understandings, and again, I can wherever you want to yeah. go. You can oh break gosh, okay. There's so many itself.
0: places. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I also love what you just said because, yeah, the the pr- the practical applications are quite simple. But then yeah. when you get down into the why, yes, yeah. yeah, there's a complexity there and layers of all of all of these different researchers, some of whom you mentioned, and yeah that go back over decades and then it all, but it all comes together in a very coherent story. Okay. Yes. So exactly. where should we go? Okay. So you mentioned your, your theory of the, the brain heart, um, fascia. Yes. So expand on yeah. that one. Let's yeah, start. There. Yeah. 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 I
1: love <laughs> So, um, just to maybe first just get people up to see, speed to my understanding of the fascia, and then I'll talk mm-hmm. about the heart and the brain. Perfect. So you can see yeah. Where I'm going from. So, Um, the fascia really fascinates me. You know, my patients have taught me this and I I think that's a really strength of bioregulatory medicine. Yes, they really focus on the autonomic nervous system, but there's a lot of talk around the fascia and we learn a lot about the fascia when we treat scars. And so um, the fascia is, you know, like when we study anatomy, right, we think of all these compartments in the body, but it's really like one big fabric when you think about it. And the fascia is an umbrella term, you know, for that, you know, really fabric that Interconnects every, you know, in like part of our being, right inside our body, and the fascia has all these wonderful, like, really cool um, properties. And again, within the fascia is the lymphatics also the blood can be called liquid fascia when you think about it too so when um you think about the extracellular matrixes and the lymphatics that you know drain them and also the lymphatic connection with the circulatory system and you know the fascial kind of you know network that it's all really i believe one system that's um you know connected and communicating um and they all like are very much interrelated and i, I am happy to dive into that more but the, the beauty of the fascia is a couple of things. Um, this doctor who developed, you know, really, I think, modern day understanding of the fascia, Dr. Jean-Claude Gumberto, who has those beautiful like YouTubes about looking at like the hand surgeries that he did, that he tied off the blood and, you know, looked with a, you know, microscope, basically camera. You know, really what the fascia really looked like. Um, because living fascia is very different than dead fascia. And so when right. we overlap is just like cutting through the cadaver, mm-hmm. you know, you just think, oh, it's just there as a yeah. and a structure. And that's
0: certainly just yeah. to jump in for a minute, I yeah. think a lot of people's um yeah, perspective on the fascia, is like, oh, it's not yeah. really that important? Like it's yeah. just kind of, I mean, like the muscles do all the work and the joints yeah. are this, but like the fascia, whatever, but. What you're saying is we now know that it's like this yeah. super highway blanket yeah. wrapped all around
1: totally. us, totally. superconductor. Oh, totally. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, it, um, you know, what he, what he showed And when you see these pictures and there's a great book, the architecture of human living fascia. I mean, it's really a beautiful book and what he shows, Um, you know, is that really that, you know, the fascia transports our plasma state or the H3O2 or the structure coherent water within the body. So then it now has a story of hydrating our cells and hydrating our tissues, but also it generates electricity. It's, uh, piezoelectric. So with our, this movement of not only the water that, you know, holds electrical charge and negative charge and, you know, really, you know, um, is really important in flow systems, um, but also it, you know, with every step, you know, especially a collagen is the most abundant protein within the fascia. Um, this collagen matrix um, basically, is a communication, you know, network. It's this very powerful highway, as you alluded to, and with every movement and every step and, and, you know, generating and um, this tension and this tensegrity within this fascial network, it generates an electromagnetic field It also is a superconductor of, um, you know, protons and electrons and biophotons. I I think probably bio. And this
0: is why like grounding and having,
1: Healthy yes. light on our yes.
0: bodies because yeah. that's powering you know, all, all of all of us that you're explaining. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so um, you know, again, I, I learned from May Wan Ho, who was a biophysicist who's passed, and she talks a lot about um, the fascia and you know the this piezoelectric and she calls it even like liquid crystal and um, yeah. she also talks about how it's probably the acupuncture system within the fascia and there's you know even these um, bong hand ducts or these um, perivascular basically network that are these like thinner fabrics within it that she also thought was um, aligned to the acupuncture system so it's, it's a very misunderstood fabric and it, it holds also yeah. inter- it can hold our mom, memory and our traumas and our emotional state and that's what we see with like scar therapy that we do we do scar injections to kind of really open that up um in the office and you know what sean claude Could you
0: say a little more about that the scar, ser- yeah, the scar yeah. therapy yeah that is so
1: fascinating yeah it's really cool it just educates me every day and um, so, I mean, like I have like so many wacky stories, you know, there, but I have, um, it's like really cool anecdotes is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so what Dr. Um, Jean-Claude Gumberto, like he made my understanding of why this works so well, like even with his pictures, even at, that I've been doing it for so long. And then, you know, seeing this like deeper understanding. So, you know, the fascial fabric in its original state is this beautiful, flexible you know whole body network right mm-hmm. but when we get injured when we're either cut or we're you know have surgery um we basically um form a plug in that you know basically fascial fabric so it's not doesn't look like the the scar tissue doesn't look like the original like fascial fabric and so it's, okay. it's necessary thank goodness our yeah. you know our you know our body creates it but it's it's denser it's you know more irregular there's less so kind it's of, like clogging up that conductive highway? Yeah, I call it like a traffic jam. So it over okay. time, you know, can create like a traffic jam in that electrical network, in that communication network. And it, it's kind of like almost like isolated, right? So again, right. Here, you know, entropy could, you know, basically, you know, it, it's a isolated area, right? That can also collect more pathogens and toxicants and hold trauma from why you have the injury. So- there's a technique that bioregulatory medicine teaches called neural therapy. And neural therapy is an injection technique. We actually use a compounded form of procaine, which is a local anesthetic, but it has this really beautiful property that helps to break down the scar tissue and helps to. Um, reset the electrical charge of the cells like the cell voltage you know we work with um, and it helps to alleviate like think of a saran wrap you know like Mm -hmm. if there's a crinkle in the saran wrap Mm -hmm. like the other like tissues even far away are going to be affected right and so it can relax kind of like kind of this basically traffic jam and that can alleviate stress in distal areas because it's all one system and so what we see when we inject scars so like think of a c-section scar or we're all born with you know we get our umbilical cord cut and we have a belly button that's actually a scar you know i think i'm like you know like if you've had you know mold removed or you know anything like that so even a small scar can have this effect oh yeah just little scars are really fun to inject because you can really see a lot of different things and so like just some examples like you know um c-section scars you know they basically cut off the communication you know from the upper and lower channels of the body when you look Mm -hmm. at it an energy perspective um right. can also hold a lot of trauma like a lot of women you know some women have planned c-sections but a lot of women who go through that you know they often don't plan it right and it often can be like an emergency situation mm-hmm. so that tissue actually can hold that memory mm-hmm. and you know that can be just as much of a turbulent kind of you know part of why it creates you know blockage and you know information okay area so through that injection there's a relaxation and an opening and an invitation for the body to release that and what often happens people can all of a sudden you know like cry and have like a Mm -hmm. really visceral response it's not from the mind it's from the body um i also see like you know i've injected like a melanoma scar and someone's heart palpitations you know went away Um, wow recently i just injected um you know i was working with a friend and my friend had breast cancer and we injected her um you know breast um scars that you know unfortunately from surgeries and Mm -hmm. and, you know all of it and my friend who's very intuitive she like tuned in this is like this cancer was a lot about your mother's relationship you and your mother's relationship Mm. and her mother was just put into hospice and when she came home she's like out of hospice she's healing like there's like a like a a, like a global field, like kind of ripple effect that's, you know, happening from their relationship wow. and can have an impact. I see like, you know, the C-section scar being impactful on the kids, you know, so there's like this really cool, wow. cool, I mean, that they, is
0: very quantum. <laughs> yes, totally. Quantum
1: entanglement, right? You know, yeah. that is some um, non-local responses. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Wow. You know, thanks for, yeah, that was really beautiful that you just said that because it just, you know, re- continues to, you know, I, I try to give people a language for like when these things happen, what's happening, yeah. right? And, okay. you know, and, you know, of course we're working with those principles, right? How could we not right. be? Um, so like circulating back, like I have studied, You know that some there there's some conversations going around, and because I witness stuff like that, that the fascial network can communicate faster than the autonomic nervous system and Mm. the nervous system network. That the you know if we were just working on like the electrical impulses that are generated in the nerves, that would be almost too slow for some of the things talking about yes so just a' it's a you know I, I don't know how I mean there's a lot of great ideas and a great you know science around this um it's still not obviously accepted but it's just like a thought right and mm-hmm. I lean towards that thought because of the power of the experiences I see when we treat this fabric right right and so um, so maybe- just just
0: to so just to clarify so the the fascia is like a super highway conducting. Signals through our information, yeah, quantum (laughs) information (laughs) faster than (laughs) the faster than the nervous system, and certain fast, certainly faster than anything biochemistry can explain. Yes, yes, and and sometimes scar tissue causes blockages in that communication, which very much show up as symptoms. Yes, so when you treat the scar and open up the scar, you see those symptoms that are seemingly unrelated start to resolve. Yes. And we're just, this is so crazy. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make this clear. Yeah. Keep it to recap.
1: Right. You know, so know. Cool. okay. Yeah. I know. And wow. it's so cool for me to teach this cause it's still like, it's so part of my world, but it's still such a weird kind of fringe part of like, you know, yeah. medicine that, you know, not many people know about this or know how to do this. And which is a very simple technique. If you know, if yeah. you the it inject, it's not too hard. Um, what do I,
0: you inject
1: in there? It, it was the procaine that I mentioned, and you can okay. add homeopathics, you know, to to it, or you can do ozone afterward, um, you know, depending, you know, what you want to do. But you know, the goal is that we're breaking down that scar tissue, making it more fluid, more communicative with the surrounding mm-hmm. tissues. We're releasing anything that needs to be released and healed that's stored on the emotional energetic level, um, and we're restoring coherence in the fascial network. Um, okay. So it's it's really quite beautiful. So you know, so as you mentioned, like, it's this thought, right? Like, okay, like, this is a powerful highway, right? This is a powerful part of us. And, you know, so we talk about the heart and the brain, because that's a really, really cool science, right? Around Mm -hmm. heart rate variability and how when we modulate our emotional state, um, for people who don't know what heart rate variability is real quick, heart rate variability, like a part of the, um, the um, the beating of our heart is really unique. Like every beat that our heart beats, you know, which is really from you know the the womb to where you are now to you know when you transition to the other world. It, there's no two beats that are the same, and they um, measure um, the variability between beats through the time interval between a beat to a beat. That's heart rate variability. And what they find is when we, you know, look at heart rate variability, the more variable your heart rate um, is, um, the healthier and more um, flexible and resilient your nervous system is. It's a, a sign of health. The less variable it is, the more rigid, the more inflexible okay. um, you are, the less resilience you have, probably less water okay. you have in the body, which is a misnomer. And this is new science. Like in the last 20 to 30 years, they thought yeah. the heart was just like the, the yeah. metronome, you know, effect. I was, right? yeah, you know, you know, hearing and, you uh, and
0: Roland talked about that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's always what I thought and now we're, yeah. yeah people are talking about my yeah. HRV and how yeah. it needs to be higher and I'm like oh, yeah it's kind of like a everything yeah, we like knew is different around <laughs> yeah
1: and, you know in bioregulatory medicine we have something called rigid regulation and that's yeah. a poor sign of health and when people are rigid and mm-hmm. not responding and yeah their system is very inflexible, you know, that's a, that's a harder system to turn around. So you can kind of think of it in that way too. Right. So. So Could that be like, in sort of like
0: being stuck in like, like a, being stressed all the time, or yes, being unable school. to like kind of yeah. let the day go and just relax and be like, "Oh, I'm yeah. home with my children now. I don't need to worry about all that stuff." And like, yeah. be able to play back and forth. Like, that.
1: yeah, people who okay. are like sympathetically dominant, or they're still like in their trauma, or they're um, very much, you know, their their body is basically over. You know, time had a lot of the, these stressors that we educate people about yeah. that have impacted. You know, their you know their fashion, their autonomic nervous system's ability to communicate and function. You know, so it's kind of more about that. And you know, the 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 story around you know heart brain coherence has to do with heart rate variability, right? So, what um, Dr. McCready you know found out was that when we are in positive states of love appreciation and gratitude we have more of a um, basically when you map out mathematically the heart rate variability it's more um, of a, a very coherent sine wave that is generated from the electrical you know field and the magnetic field that can be measured And, um, you know, when we're in states of worry, frustration, anger, anxiety, we're in a very incoherent, you know, um, we generate a very incoherent electromagnetic field. And what's very interesting, I, I, you know, I didn't know this, right? And, you know, I didn't think about this when I was studying physiology or anatomy. Mm -hmm. But the heart that actually sends more information to the brain than the brain to the heart, and there are mm. after connections from the heart to the limbic brain, um, mm. as well as there's a whole um, nervous system plexus in the in the heart, like okay. about forty thousand sensory neurites. So, um, and the heart has a stronger both electrical and magnetic field, um, stronger than the brain. Mm. So we've really, I, I look at our heart as the great conductor of our field and our physiology and, um, you know, really modulating our, our, you know, health. And, you know, my idea kind of that bringing the fashion to this is like, okay, we sustain, you know, we create this um Connection when we're in these like uh, states of coherence, when our heart rate variability is in this coherent state, that we send out this field of organization, order, coherence that mm-hmm. allows our brain to like you know basically entrain to that information and you know basically start connecting and communicating you know better. And then what I think is what you know the the body is responding to that field through the fascial fabric. And it's basically able to gen, basically generate coherence within its fabric. So more within the water, you know, of the um, fascia and the electromagnetic field of the fascia and basically entrain to that field that the heart is generating. And then that's a whole body signal, right? And it's a fast whole body signal. Um, And then the fascia is touching every cell, right? So then, you know, that is um, also translating that information um, intracellularly because it's all kind of also... Um, the the story of the fascia is that there's not really an extracellular or intracellular space. You know, there's a connection between the extracellular and the intracellular space through integrins um, hooking that outer environment into the inner environment over the cell membrane and hooking it into the cytoskeleton and, you know, into that nucleus of the cell and of the DNA. So then you start to look at this fabric, this fascia can help us create epigenetic changes, you know, through field interactions, right? And so the heart-brain coherence is one, you know, story of, I think, mm-hmm. generating, you know, if you do that more and if you yeah. live, you know, I mean, and it, you know, it's hard, you know, I, I have a lot of empathy, like as patients who are, you know, often starting with me, they're like so sick, they, they can't even like have the energy to generate their own coherence in a lot of ways yeah. but, you know and and that's where we bring coherent information to them and they'll entrain to that before they can you know you know generate it on their own right but it's a really beautiful story right that emerges that we by the field and for our actions in our body mm-hmm. the ones that we can modulate and generate and then we can talk about the ones that we bring in and then train to we can affect our genetic expression and our protein translation and, you know, basically bringing more order and health to our, in our body, which I think is pretty profound, you know, because yes. of, you know, this delivery of information, I believe in what I've learned. And I have a lot of smart people who have just taught me this, that I've tried to put together yeah. a model to explain to, you know, the average person Of why this works and why, you know, why we have to look here, (laughs) you know, because we can tinker with methylation and B vitamins Mm -hmm. all day long and, you know, like trying to detox every kind of like, you know, metal out of the body, which is is all important. Don't get me wrong. But but you know, this, you know, this can yes. be, you know, a very powerful thing. And it, just another point to illustrate this is, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned, i like, you know, the dispenser world, it's just kind of dry, I, I'm drawn to that. And I do that for a lot of my own self work. And mm-hmm. I think the really the power of that work, especially in his um, retreats, as he creates a really potent field between yeah. his ability to entrain the group and the group kind of like, And training each other. And it's a very palpable, potent field that we all bathe in and that we entrain in. And, you know, that potent field, I think, is what, you know, activates a lot of this healing, you know, that we we see. But they they lovingly call it the dispensed yeah. influenza. People get really sick. just who are the average people like me. Like right. I felt great, and then I came home like from the last one, and I'm like I don't right. get sick a lot. I was in bed for three days. And you think about it, like this is intracellular detox in the highest level, right? Like right. like your this coherent field is in training your fascial fabric that's jiggling every cell in your body to basically. Yeah eliminate toxicity and flush out the lymphatics and, yes. you know, all of that. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's a, you know, it's a rebirth every time, you know, and it's wow. a experience. And so, um, so yeah, I've, you know, I, I enjoy just that world for just stretching me to keep thinking about things like this um, and how, like the how to's, how to bring it back into like practical application. Um, but so, yeah, so that's why yeah. I just, think there's a, there's this heart brain, um, fascial coherence thing happening that, um, maybe, you know, we have to look more into. So, yes,
0: absolutely. And that, I mean, that makes absolute sense. And at the, at the quantum level, of course, the fascia is part of the whole signaling conversation. Yes. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, from that perspective, it's like, of course, you know, like, you know, supplements and things are fine and helpful in, in, certain situations yes but it's like if we're not um mm-hmm. getting to the root cause of the of what's causing the chaos or as you said the entropy yeah. whether it's you know like sleeping next to a wi-fi router or yes <laughs> having an unhealthy yeah. real having a toxic relationship or whatever it is like all of those incoherent messages would be affecting this yes um communication network that you're describing
1: yeah absolutely this like you know all this non-native emf you know that we are exposed to on a regular basis and also um incoherent thoughts and you know um stress on many profound levels generates a lot of incoherent fields that we're circulating in and that's why nature is such a great reset because we remember you know like what does it feel like to be in this natural state of order that we were all i think really you know, born into or supposed to be, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I I when I think about this, I think about like the world is only getting more stressful, more toxic, more chaotic. There's only mm-hmm. more satellites and five G and you know, it's like yeah. increasing before like all yeah. this problem. Spanning
0: incandescent light bulbs. It's like Yeah, oh I know. I know totally I know. <laughs> Return. Like come that's on. my conversation <laughs>
1: after yours that you know we are to talk about these. What do we do about the no incandescent light bulbs, right? And so, you know, there we're just like there's so many stresses, right? And yeah. I think that, you know, when we learn about the body in this way, we all can feel empowered, like yeah. our biggest way through these times is to cultivate on a regular basis uh, our own inner coherence and uh, really generate a strong, coherent, electromagnetic, you know, photonic field. And that, you know, we wanna keep strong so we're less penetrable or less um, ability. To, we, don't, we don't entrain to those frequencies. We, we have a stronger, you know, like, it, you know, with entrainment, you know, it always goes to the most ordered field, right? Like, so, that's why you can be a tuning fork for others, right? You, right. Vibe, your vibration can lift somebody up, right? Right. Um, you know, so if the
0: coherence problems. could be contagious. Yes, I love that. Yeah.
1: I love that. Okay. That's, so, that's so right yeah. out. And so I, I think, you know, one way through, not only all the things mm-hmm. you educate and we all educate on, but one way through is really taking ownership of, you know, our own, you know, field and how we how we move through this. World at this time. Yeah.
0: I love that. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap because it's, I always like to remember that there are so many ways to come into coherence, even though there are so many things (laughs) coming at us. It's like, to your point, yeah, exactly. It's like if we understand, then we know how to mitigate them or come back into coherence for ourselves within our own field yeah and those and doing things like those retreat like those meditation retreats and the dispenser retreats it's almost like like a like a boot camp (laughs) yeah yeah yeah,
1: totally yeah yeah it's totally like a it's a way to just really like work on that you know like like remembering like we're the strongest frequency generators out there you know and right group of us get together you know we even you know create a you know, a very impactful field that, that matters and that can change things. And I think, you know, again, in these times, you know, like that's yeah. a, that's a better story to stay, uh, you know, sink into than the other, you know? Yes,
0: absolutely. And, and from a quantum perspective, a small shift can have a huge effect. Oh, absolutely. So we don't have to like change every single thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Just, like a little, a little thing can, can make a big difference. Totally. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, Dean, this was just like a beautiful conversation. And my, my mind is spinning. I know I'm going to, I'm going to like get off with you and be like, oh, I have 8,000 more questions.
1: Oh, <laughs> we can continue this dialogue. Okay. My friend, of course because we can.
0: So. I would love, I would love to circle back and pick it up again because yeah, yeah I feel like we just sort of, we, we just touched but there's so many places that you could take us. So next time. Yeah, we'll go in a new direction. You. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me
0: this has been the quantum biology collective podcast to find a practitioner who works from this point of view visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org if you are a practitioner definitely check out our applied quantum biology certification to consider as part of your continuing education plan you can also just jump into our email community we'd love to hear from you again that's at quantumbiologycollective.org